Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome to the Vitology Podcast. Ryan, good to see you again. Josh, good to see you too. How's yes. your day? It's been a good day. Been you a good day. Did some sermonizing today. I did some sermonizing. Did some preaching to the trees. You know, that's what we do these days. In fact, we're just uh, following in line with St. Francis of Assisi. Right. That yep. is right. Yeah. Preach to the trees and the birds and <laughs> that's a lot right. of conversions in the forest. These oh, yeah. Days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to, you know, got to talk to quite a few people today, actually. Did you? Yeah, that that is not necessarily what you're wanting to do, oddly, when you're preaching a sermon. Uh, but we got interrupted more times than ever. I think the, uh, Jared, the guy who's filming us, I don't think he's out there. But uh, he, he's not out there because he's off celebrating his wife's birthday. So happy good man. birthday good man. to Danielle. Yes. Um, yeah, he said this was like this was the most amount of interruption. That's that he's had. yeah, and it, it is not easy to no. preach when you're constantly interrupted, uh, and uh, it's it's hard enough to preach outside, walking on a trail, but when people are coming up yes. or bikes go by or people yell at you, I don't know if you've had that happen yet. No, but that's, that's fun. That is it. Yeah, that's I bet. Good times. No, yeah, we did have a guy approved though, which was approved. nice. Approved. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because hey, fair you enough. Know, he asked what we're doing. I said, I'm, I'm preaching a sermon. And I just said, this is how you do it now. And <laughs> he kind of went, it's true. well, and he did this. He said, well, as long as you're not indoors. And I said, oh, well, thanks. I'm not. No, exactly. We're not. And apparently he's the one who approves these things. Okay. So thank you, sir, yes. wherever you are. Um, <laughs> this podcast brought to you by the guy who approves. The guy who approves. Yes, yes. Yeah, we got interrupted a lot. That's a bummer. And so, uh, yeah, it, you know, but it's it's always a little weird. You understand this. You 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 kind of we have to do it in pieces, and then you're kind of like, well, did it all fit? Yeah. And then Jared magically makes it fit. Yeah. So that's thank yep. you. Thank you to. Jared for making us look good. That's all. Yes, absolutely. All. <laughs> Shout out to Jared. Exactly. Shout out to Jared. Exactly. Well, we are live here on Facebook. I see a few people joining us. Right Hello, on. everybody. Um, come say hi in the comments. If you're if you're on joining us on uh, YouTube or on Facebook, you're welcome to to say hi and enter in. If you're joining us on our podcast feed, welcome. You can't interact with us, but you can listen. And you can send questions. And you can send questions. In fact, send questions to questions at efcc.org. Questions at efcc.org. Yep, see, we have Jan saying hello here. And uh, let's just put her up there. Hi, Jan. Good to see you. Uh, so today we, we've got some fun things to talk about. And so I uh, want to just prime a little bit. Um, it's Christmas time. And, Christmas time. And I, by the way, Christmas by the time. way, this this is a little teaser for this week's message. But I realized that this week marks the nine month, you know, uh, oh, nine okay. months of doing this. Nine months. Nine months <laughs> since March 15, 14, somewhere. No, it only feels like nine years. It <laughs> yes, it does. It that definitely feels like that. Uh, and who would have thought we'd still be doing this at Christmas time? Not me. No, it doesn't. You know. Okay. Around here, working at a church, I'll just say that, uh, Christmas is kind of one of our big things. It's a big deal. It's, it is. We're right? going to talk about, in a little bit, how it always, hasn't always been that way. That's for exactly the right. So, that is exactly right. That's going to be interesting. But at least, teaser. you know, in you know the, the last, you know, the, the years we've been doing this sort of thing, Christmas is a big deal. So we're all about Christmas around here. And it just, for me, it hasn't felt... A lot like Christmas. Yeah, it feels different. Yeah. It feels different. No yeah. choir concerts, not a lot of just energy on campus. I know. And social distancing sort of dissipates that. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's been different it's for been sure. Different. It's been different. So, uh, you know, we're actually going to take a little time and I'm calling it deconstructing Christmas a little okay. bit. I mean, we're going to. Yeah. Let's do that. We're going to we're gonna talk a little bit about, about Christmas. Now, we're going to. I think we're going to talk more about the winter holiday that we're about to celebrate on December 25th. Yes. Because uh, less so, I mean, here we, we might get into a little bit of actual Christmas, right? Um, you know, talking about Jesus and 
the manger and all those things. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we'll get into there too much, but which is funny. I might yeah. point out that Josh is saying, <laughs> I, I don't know if we'll, what we'll get into. And that's genuine because he and I have not talked about what we're going to talk about. No, and we've, we talked about it on the air last time, but uh-huh. we have been like ships passing in the night. Yes, indeed. And so we haven't talked. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say, man. I know. And I'm excited <laughs> to hear what you have to say. And audience, I hope you're excited to hear as well. And I'm actually excited to hear about what you have to say as well. So join in. Uh, let us know what you're interested in hearing about. And we'll do our best. No yes. promises. <laughs> Hey, Josh, can we talk a little bit about um, just the sermon from last Sunday, A Weary World Rejoices? If there's any questions you guys have about uh, the content we covered on Sunday, I'd love to hear, you know, any questions you have. But um, Josh, anything that you sort of, as you were listening, went, gosh, it'd be fun to push into this a little bit more? Well, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there was was a comment that you said that... um, it, it struck me, and uh, and I'm I'm glad you. I mean, I've already heard you said that it is controversial. It is um, because it it struck me as controversial. I thought, huh, that's weird. Yeah. You you talked about and then just briefly. It wasn't it wasn't a you know the main part, but it had implications throughout that that joy and happiness. Yeah. Now tell us what you said in there. Yeah, I think I my quote was something to the effect of. In the lexicon of scripture, joy and happiness are the same thing. Mm. And it was in reference to a quote by St. Augustine who said something to the effect of all men, whatsoever their condition, desire to be happy. Mm. Right? And so there's this idea sometimes in the church, and I've even heard people say this, where they'd say things like, uh, God doesn't want you to be happy, or God doesn't care if you're happy. He mm. wants you to have joy. He does, but he doesn't care if you're happy. Now, the only problem with that distinction is the Bible, right? That there's, there is no distinction between happiness and joy in the Bible. And I get the etymology of the word happiness in English comes from the word happenstance. Yes. So I wouldn't necessarily debate the fact that there's a difference in the English in the word English, joy sure. and the English word happiness. Yeah, yeah. But as we go to the scriptures, those are all lumped together. So we talk about, um, like we, we, we talked about Psalm 16, verse 11 mm-hmm. this last week. And um, that's a great passage that points out the, the fact that there is very little distinction bef- between something like joy and pleasure. Huh. So like, wow. let's just, like, happiness and pleasure are similar mm-hmm. in, in in the English, but the psalmist says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Mm-hmm. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Um, so I would say that the words joy, happiness, gladness, delight, and pleasure are all part yeah. of the same idea in the scriptures. Yeah, because when when in Hebrew, you know, the, the, the way that the poetry works is they're often, often – uh, say something twice using slightly different language, but they're not trying to distinguish between the two. Right. They're not trying to say that that you know one is different than the other. You know, we yeah, like they're to, equating it. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of saying it's the same. It's a Hebrew parallelism, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's really interesting because we tend to like to break it down and say, well, this means this, and this one means. Well, it's this. harder to preach exegetically if your if your <laughs> second point is C point one. That's true. <laughs> that's a good point because. That was my thought that that when you said that 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 joy and happiness, at least in the Bible, are are equated in a sense. Um, I thought to myself, well, that doesn't preach as good. Yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. But I think it's true. That, uh, yeah. One of the books I would say to our listeners, if you're interested in diving into this a little bit more, Randy Alcorn wrote a great book called Happiness. It came okay. out maybe five years ago, yeah. something like that, uh, and it is. Uh, a near exhaustive study of happiness, joy, not only in the scriptures, but throughout mm. the ages. Mm. And he, I mean, quotes from even like what you would consider to be sort of like downcast Puritans writing about happiness. And you're going, wow, I didn't see that one coming. Huh. So a phenomenal book that really, I think it's probably 400 pages on mm. happiness in the Bible. Interesting. So, but it's okay. a great read. Okay. Great read. All right. Sounds good. 
Well, uh, I thought that was a, I thought that was a, a great observation. Well, and, it was uh, fun to preach that text because yeah. I'd never, one, I'd never preached it before. And two, I thought, well, this is a little bit of a challenge to build an entire talk around joy about an event that happens primarily about somebody in utero. <laughs> and so, you know, from a preaching standpoint, I went, that's going to be fun. Let's, I wanted to try that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think in the end, it, it sort of came together in a way that I thought really did paint a picture of joy. Yeah. And so one of my main points was, or main ideas was that what John, like John models in the womb, what we are called mm, to live out in right. the world. So that the spirit would sense. inform us of the presence of Jesus, even when our eyes can't see it. Yeah. And that it's his presence that would cause us to leap for joy. Oh, that's so cool. So, that's so cool. And it, I mean, oh man, even just thinking about that with the passage I just preached, because then there's, there's a man, you know, in the next chapter, um, that that happens, that he does that. Yeah. He notices he does. Jesus. And it's not like Jesus walked around with a sign, you know, <laughs> especially as a baby, right? I mean, right. Yeah. How would you so, know? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's really cool. So good. Oh, that's really cool. Well, well, uh, I love it that, uh, you know, I, I, I love the title of that, of that message. There's something great about titles. There in are. Sermons, they, yes. It's books. Yes. And I just love that. And, uh, and your title a weary world rejoices. What's your title for this weekend? So my title, I decided to, I, he chose a, a song, you know, a lyric from a, a Christmas song. And I thought, I'm going to do the same. So I looked up, uh, you know, a lyric and I, because, because mine's about hope. Yep. Okay. This sermon, this week's sermon is about hope. And so I was looking for a, a, a phrase and I got caught by that phrase, a thrill of hope. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, oh, that's the phrase right before, <laughs> immediately before, a thrill of yes. hope, the weary world rejoices. And so uh, so it, it fits together perfectly. Right on. In fact, I mean, uh, so much to talk about that those two coming together. I we, love it when that happens. I know. I know. Yeah, really cool. So so uh, the thrill. The thrill hope. of hope. Thrill of hope. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really, really, man. Well, and it's interesting, too, because... Uh, Capo followed that up with obviously a thrill of hope, a weary, weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. And I think he's pointing to, I think, John's gospel that sort of this retelling yeah. of creation because of what Jesus yes. has done, right? Yes. So, and that's in a lot of ways where Simeon camps out in his hope, the salvation, right? Yeah. The, God's glory and uh, yeah. all that. So, oh, that's fun really stuff. Cool. That's yeah, that's really cool, man. Yeah, there's some, there's some neat things that uh, that I learned about hope, and uh, this isn't the time to talk about hope too much. No, but in a few days, but you'll have that. I'll chance. have that chance. But you know how it is. There's so many more things that you that just don't make the sermon. And uh, yes, this one I felt like there was a lot of that. That I that one day, one day on a po podcast about hope. Okay, I like hope. it. And virtues and oh, so neat. Anyway, well, um, so you know, today we're we're gonna dive into some Christmas discussion here, uh, because there's a lot of discussion around Christmas. There is, you know. Here, in fact, there's some there's some comments here. Uh, let's see here. I'm I'm reading this as we go. I'm putting this on. So, Ruth, we trust that this is a good question here. Lots of Christians won't have Santa. I get it. I get this, but. Uh, to claim to calm the kids who are teased, I tell moms uh, to Google Saint Nicholas, who was a real historic man who helped poor children. At least there's some truth in that. There is. There is. There's. There is truth. Yeah. 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 Um, Saint Nicholas, bishop in yeah, well, somewhere Turkey-ish. Let me tell you. He was. Uh, his parents were very wealthy. They died at an early age. Yeah. He became a bishop. Bishop of, of Mira. Mira. All right. Mira. There you go. And essentially, over the course of his life, my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, is that he handed out all of his money. He gave away all of his money. Yeah. Died penniless yeah. after being very wealthy, um, but usually was trying to bless kids. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The, and as the story goes, there's a that he he stopped at a man's house um, 
after a family's gone to bed, the bed and placed bags of gold with coins in them. Yes. Right. And so this kind of developed into the Christmas. Have you heard story. that there were people drying socks that yes. he would drop coins would... into the socks? That's so right. Yeah. If you're wondering why the stockings are held by the are hung by the chimney with care, you can thank St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas. Yeah. So, so no, Ruth, you're exactly right that 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 all of this and, and all of the, the, the Christmas traditions, they actually have some I mean grounding in in history yeah. <laughs> for sure. There's some truth in them. They're just not all they're not all Christian traditions. Right. <laughs> and, and and not even ones that we would necessarily as as you know, Protestant evangelicals, that we don't talk about saints a whole lot, <laughs> right? And so that was one that um, that is a uh, you know, it's definitely more of a Catholic tradition. Yeah, it is, and and that's okay. We're not saying that it's wrong. We're not here to bash Christmas, by the way. Oh no, In actually, fact, yeah. <laughs> I think both of us. Were, I, I don't know where you stand on it, Josh, but I sort of find this as we get into it. You'll you'll hear more of the history of yes. Christmas, and. Uh, quite the contrary. I actually like that Christians have poached a pagan holiday yes. and have yes. taken it as our own. Like I find like something in me rises up and goes like, give us more. Yes. Right. Like <laughs> we, we will take them and we will redeem them yes. and shine light into what oftentimes starts out as uh, a pretty debaucherous yes. yes. holiday. Okay, okay. So you just said the phrase poached a pagan holiday. Whoa. Yes. Excuse me there. Um Poached a pagan holiday. So now, um, Ryan, let me ask: Are you saying that 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 Christmas was a pagan holiday? What's going on there? Well, okay. Let's can we start at the beginning? Let's go back. Let's go let's, back. Let's yeah. start at the beginning. Um, so it was over three hundred years yeah. before Christians ever started celebrating Christmas. Three hundred years. So yes. my date that I got says three thirty six, roughly, is when. Christians first celebrated Christmas. It was under Pope Leo I in the Roman Empire. So if you're sort of a church historian, this is after the Edict of Toleration. This is after uh, Christianity becomes the religion of the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. This is also after, I don't know, 250, 300 years of pretty robust persecution, Mm -hmm. um, at which point Christians have zero power but start having massive influence because of love and virtue and the way that they're living and so constantine becomes a follower of jesus you have the edict of toleration and and then a number of years later about a decade after that uh followers of jesus celebrated christmas for the very first time but i think and i don't i'll be interested Mm -hmm, to hear what mm -hmm. you say follow i think followers of jesus first started celebrating christmas as a response to a heresy so there's a heresy called docetism mm-hmm. that was floating around. Mm-hmm. And the docetists essentially said that because Jesus was good through and through, he could not have been matter. He could not have been yes. physical, had yes. a physical body. So he was just spiritual and there was no like physicality yeah. to yeah. his body. And so it just looked like he was, right? They admitted that he he he, he, he appeared, appeared to right? Yeah. But he wasn't actually didn't actually have the physical body, which, uh, you know, uh, the only problem with that is the Bible. I mean, he gets tired, he eats, he He sleeps, even after the resurrection, right? And so, because there's even that that some people said that when he he raised from the dead, that that's when he was just a is a a wide range of emotions. I mean, everything that it means to be human. Jesus, I I mean, we will often say Jesus wasn't the least human person ever lived. He's the most most human person to ever live. I love that. Yep. And so, so they started celebrating it essentially to put their stake in the ground and to say, well, no, we need a way to affirm the humanity of Jesus. How could we go about that? Mm-hmm. Let's celebrate his birth. Yep. His birth. So yeah. 336, under Pope Leo I, the church starts celebrating Christmas. There you go. Yeah. Um, now, and, and, uh, and some of, you know, some of this research— I found that they did celebrate birth, but not not in December. So, Originally. so, so, but it wasn't. So my, you know, there was a there was a guy named Telesphorus. Telesphorus. Okay, I should have just said it competently. You know, but um, fast and competent. Yes, exactly. But um, uh, 
And supposedly, they started celebrating it 125 years after his birth, though. Okay. So, so now this is this is still quite a bit longer. Now, but okay, we're very fascinated with birthdays. Yes. Right. So for us, that sounds weird that they wouldn't celebrate the birth. But then again, if we look at the the if we look at our our gospels, okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's actually not that much. That is that is in there that is about his birth, especially in comparison to how much is about his death. Death, yes, exactly. His death. I mean, these are yeah. They've been called uh, they've been called books about his death that are expanded. Well, death. I, I did a, I did a study on this yeah. a little while um, a few years ago. I think it was something like thirty four percent of the gospels yeah. were. Uh, are about the last week of Jesus's life. Yeah, and I think that's especially true of Mark, that Mark has a ton of that, and Mark says, how much about Jesus's birth? Oh, nothing. Zero. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. nothing, right? Yeah, and, arguably, John doesn't say a whole lot either. I mean, yeah, he's like yeah. the cosmic nativity mm -hmm, story. Mm -hmm. Like, no no children's pastors have gone no. to John to write their the like, kids' nativity play. No, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see it. I think it's, it's a great Christmas epic. passage, but it's not <laughs> oh, it's a birth passage. Correct. Really, right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so we've got Matthew and Luke. But from, so from the very beginning, the church was celebrating Easter. Absolutely. Like that's like that was the high yes. holy feast day of the Christian calendar. Yes. And that date is set based on the lunar calendar, yeah, right? Yeah. So if you're wondering how do, how do we figure out when Easter is, Easter is the first Sunday that follows the full moon that follows the spring equinox. Okay, there it is, ladies so and gentlemen. That, it's a, lunar, it's a <laughs> yeah. lunar calendar that they look at to figure out when Easter is. Yeah. That's why Easter, you may have noticed, isn't the same day uh, every year, yeah. the same date every year. So it, and it then, floats around depending on what the moon is doing. I know. And then like the Eastern church chooses a different date sometimes. And I don't necessarily yeah, do understand. For Christmas too. Yes. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there are different ways, but that's one of the things about Easter is that we can, with a fair amount of accuracy, we can nail down when that was. Yes. Even down to a date. There's some debate yeah. based on a number of things exact year and some things like that but it is pretty darn close yeah, yeah we can get pretty close his birth though yeah no well really? i think one of the things we can be sure of yeah is that he was not born on december 25th now okay yes <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's 65 <laughs> options right <laughs> um, okay why why do you think that it was probably not December 25th. Yeah, I think the so the biblical text that I would point to to mm -hmm. say probably not December 25th is actually in Luke chapter 2 mm -hmm. that talks about the shepherds being out in their out fields. In field. yeah, yeah. And so tending to their flock by night, which is something that would typically have happened in the summer and, and the fall. Yeah. Probably early fall, but certainly not in mid December. Yep. It would have been too cold. They would have not been in grazing season like that. Mm -hmm. And so most people would say, nope, certainly wasn't December 25th that the shepherds were out in their field watching their flocks by night. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. And it, the fact that I have an October birthday makes me think it was probably Daniel. Well, okay, so here's an interesting <laughs> deal. A yeah. lot of people think, and this goes back even to like Matthew Henry, who mm -hmm. was uh, an, a late or sort of a 18, late, late 1800s, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, he thought, and many people would fall in line with him, that Jesus was born at the Feast of Tabernacles. Ah. So if you read John chapter 1, verse 14, mm -hmm. it says that Jesus came and dwelt among us, or tabernacled among yeah, us. Yeah. And so a lot of people go, well, they think he was born on that day. Huh. Now, the date of the tabernacles is usually somewhere in like the teens and 20s of September. Okay. So it puts it at that right yeah, time yeah. frame and hmm. knowing how um precise god is i mean like <laughs> it's not a coincidence that he dies on passover, on passover right exactly. it's not a coincidence that he's raised on the first fruits yeah, right and yeah. the 
Feast of First Fruits. Yeah. Um, not a coincidence yeah. that the Spirit comes at Pentecost, yeah, exactly. the same day the uh, Israelites received the law, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from God on mm-hmm. Mount Sinai. So, like, hmm. why wouldn't he have been born on a significant day? Hmm. So, I actually that's that's the theory that I currently would say. Okay. Yeah, okay. If I were half would would have to subscribe, I'd say Feast of of Tabernacles or Booths. Um, on uh, so in September at some point. There you go. There you go. See, but now this is one of those things that they could have asked Jesus. Right? They could have. Yeah, hey, true. hey, when were you born? But but it wasn't a question that, that they asked. So I mean, you know, this is the thing. We we care about that. Like those are the kind of dates that we put everywhere. That's right. A good point. That, 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 that's the kind of date you put on your tombstone that lasts kind of forever for us. But that's really a, a modern thing. Yeah, they didn't think about it that way. Did no, they they, yeah. they didn't really care that much, and so they didn't celebrate his birth. Now, uh, the idea of his birth and and what what's written in our scriptures now that was honored, that was that was yeah. revered in a sense ever since the beginning. But as a holiday, uh, as a special day, that that didn't happen until way later. Okay, the early days of them celebrating it that I was talking about is just references to it. But Ryan's right that it's in three twenties that they actually start declaring it as a as a kind of like a national holiday. Even. Yeah, yeah, in you Rome, know, in Rome, exactly. Um, and so, yes, exactly. That's where, that's where it happens. So now, um, but from there, it takes some interesting turns because why did they choose, why did they choose December 25th? Yeah. So, so they chose to celebrate Christmas, I think to confront a heresy, which I am actually all for. Like, I think that's still a great reason to celebrate Christmas, to remember that Jesus had a physical body. Why the 25th? Well, there was a pagan holiday celebrated in the Roman Empire called Saturnalia. Saturnalia, yeah, and it was celebrated on well the the, the <laughs> summer. I mean the, the winter solstice. The winter solstice, yes, which is often December twenty fifth, well, right around there. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. So back in that day, they were operating on uh, a, Ju- a Julian calendar, yes, right? Yes. And so. A Julian calendar only had 362 days, and so you had some issues mm-hmm. with the way mm-hmm. that um, the actual seasons worked and those three days that were uh, yeah. missing from that calendar, and so the date would move. So when they first started celebrating Christmas on December 25th, it was on the winter solstice. Okay, okay. Which now is December 21st, 22nd, mm-hmm. depending on mm-hmm. the year. Mm-hmm. So if you're unfamiliar, winter solstice is the longest night of the year. That's one. Right? Yeah. The, the shortest day. Shortest the longest day. Night. Yep. Now, and interestingly, though, the longest night, th- this holiday, uh, this holiday became, <laughs> became associated with long parties. Because what do you do at night? Saturnalia. Saturnalia day. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> not, not Christmas yet. Actually, <laughs> we'll get there. Um but uh, Saturnalia was was a rowdy party. Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, and so they're celebrating the sun god, right? Yes. Um, they they did that through a lot of drinking, orgies, and yes. like craziness. They would also. I read Josh that they'd exchange like um, candles. That was a big deal. Interesting. Wh- which I guess makes sense if you're celebrating light and one of the ways you were and sun and. Fire and one of the ways you'd want to do that is yeah. fire. Yeah. Um, but lots of partying. Lots yes. of partying. Oh yes. Yeah. Because you know, once again, at night, I mean, this is what this is what my mom told me that you know no one does anything good. Yeah, at my night, mom right? my mom used to say <laughs> the same thing too. I mean nothing so good happens at nothing night. Nothing good happens at midnight or whatever like that, right? And so I think that was sort of the idea. Yeah. That you've got the longest night. So let's get into the most trouble. Right. And so that's really what this holiday was about. Now, and and so what, what I've read about this is that actually, and so you named a different pope. I had down Pope Julius the first. Now, okay. I think somewhere in here, uh, there's, this was, I think this was a concerted effort by the church, though, to try to, try to take over this holiday. Oh, definitely. They, they were trying to, they, they saw that what was going on at night was bad. They didn't like it. Yeah. They wanted people to stop doing that. And so they thought to themselves, huh, 
if, if we put a Jesus holiday there, if, if we declare that day to be a Christian holiday, then people will just stop partying and stop having any fun because that's what Christians do, right? They, they just stop all the fun. <laughs> that's not what Christians do. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I think there's two ways to look at it. Like there, there's that way. Yeah. Um, that where it's like almost missional, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. let's, let's like bring light into the darkness, which yeah. that sounds like something Jesus was doing at his birth. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, unto us, a child is born, a son is given right into the darkness comes light. I think there's also a really practical reason. And that was, they already had the day off. <laughs> That's a, good, that's a good point. And so they're going like, well, let's just work with what we got. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they chose Saturnalia. Yeah. Because, and this, and it's true. This is the, you know, this is the one big event in their, their mind that didn't have a, didn't have a, a solid reference to, right? Correct. You can't just put Easter there because we know where Easter was, right? Right. Um, and so you can't, you know, you can't put anything else that you could, that you could move. And so they were looking for a place to, to put it, yep. and they chose a holiday to try to and, – and I think there's a sense they're trying to redeem it. Yes. So I would – like some some Christians you meet might say things like, well, we shouldn't celebrate Christmas because it's really a pagan holiday. And I guess I would just um, humbly say I don't see it that way. Yeah. Uh, I actually – like I said earlier, I love that we're breathing light into the darkness and – that since we don't know exactly when Jesus was born, it doesn't really matter when we celebrate mm -hmm. it. And so to take over uh, a pagan holiday and, and redeem it and bring some life to it and good to it, yes. I'm all for that. And it's probably partially my personality. Yeah. Uh, but I think, too, from a missional standpoint, why not? Why, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't we want to see that happen? Yeah. Well, see, I think, I think there's, there's a few ways you can look at it. And you can, you can take something like this and completely reject it, right? Okay, because now, uh, obviously, okay, <laughs> Santa Claus, right? There, there's nothing, <laughs> there's there's not, not anything terribly biblical about Santa Claus, okay? Right. Um, it, it is it is fun and silly, but now you can reject it as a Christian, and and there are a lot that do that just say I'm not having anything to do with Santa Claus. Um, you can, I think you can just receive it. And say, yep. I'm going to take it all in. I'm going to be all about it. And I'm not even going to think critically about it. And then I think what you're getting at, though, is that the, the third option. Please tell me it's an R. It's an Please R tell word. me it's redeem. Redeem it. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yes, this will preach. See? Uh, <laughs> the, the, there's a, there's a, a middle ground there that we're not saying that you need to just receive whatever uh, the culture, whatever right. the, you know, this is, is throwing at you. But instead, and and that's that's what uh, uh, that's what Ruth was getting at yep. is that that we can redeem this and and turn it into something that actually can be useful for teaching, but useful for just having fun, right? Right? I mean, that's yes. a, that's an okay thing. And so I think that's that's hugely important that that we think about these. And, and I'm, I agree with you completely that that's where that's where I sit in all this uh, that we celebrate. We celebrate Christmas. Yeah, um, we we do too. We don't we don't push Santa Claus real hard. In fact, we've never. We don't either. We've never explained Santa Claus. We've never said Santa's giving me. So gifts. if you're wait, just one second. I don't think there's kid like we're not a kid oh, yes, show. There's not, not a, a lot of show. like eight year olds, seven year olds sitting around like going, "What are Ryan and Josh going to say?" But if if your kids happen to be watching with yes. you. You just may want to plug their ears for just a second. This may be the time <laughs> to step away because, you know, I, <laughs> <and> Josh, <laughs> yes, right? Santa behind the woodshed. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are deconstructing Christmas. <laughs> and so now if the earmuffs are on and we can say. See, what, what's funny, Josh, is we've never, we have never, um, built up santa like no. santa has never given the good gifts no like, because no. like mom and dad if we're buying them we want credit for those we paid for them. he does he does <laughs> the stockings in our house um and uh you know they're like socks and underwear so that's yes. sort of santa's got the corner yes, yes. on that um <laughs> we we haven't like ever like killed santa um, yeah but 
like two out of our three kids don't believe in Santa anymore. And our third one like asks a lot of questions yep. and we're like, well, what do you think about that? Yep. You know? And so that's sort of how we've dealt with it. Yes. Yeah. I had, I had my, my oldest never bought it. Never. Never bought it. I mean, he was just a skeptical kid that he kind of was like, really? <laughs> and I, I mean, you know, smart. Really? There's a fat man that comes down my chimney and gives me gifts. Yeah. I mean, so he's like, not happening. Not, <laughs> not happening. I think, I think somewhere down the road, I think he broke the news to, to my number two. Yep. And number three, I think knows that just doesn't want to believe it. Doesn't yeah. want to. Got it. It is, it is amazing to see. He wants to believe it. Yes. And he doesn't want anyone to tell him. Oh, that's interesting. So reject, receive, redeem. Redeem. I think that's a great lens to view all of culture and engagement with culture through. So as followers of Jesus, we always have those three options. Mm -hmm. Do we just totally reject it and go separatist and create our own Christian commune um, and have zero interaction with the the secular, quote-unquote, secular world? Do we receive it and so have no filter and just go, well, I'm just, this is the the yep. water that we're swimming in, the air that we breathe, and we're just going to be a part of it? Or do we uh, try our best to redeem it, meaning speak truth, speak hope, speak love, speak light into what we see as being darkness? Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a great lens. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that is, I, I believe that at some level, the, the powers that be back in the, you know, the 300s. They were wanting to redeem something. Yes. But I want to ask, do, do you know, I mean, did it work very well? Oh, no. That, I mean, like, <laughs> at least from what I've heard of Rome, they yeah. were just like, like cheers. Yeah. Cheers to Saturnalia or Christmas, whatever you want it, to call I it. Think, yeah, I think that's cheers. what You <laughs> don't care what you call it. You can call it whatever you want. Christmas, great. Let's But I do Christmas. think that the followers of Jesus... I mean, they were pretty hardcore back then, especially pre-Constantine. Yes, because yeah, you could lose your life for being a Christian. Yeah. And so I think for them, certainly there was a weightiness to celebrating Christ's birth, uh, even from the very inception of of the holiday. So yeah. I think for yeah. them, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the interesting things to me, though, Josh, as I was looking at this and studying it, is okay. So if it's tied to solstice, why isn't mm-hmm. it on solstice? Yeah. So um, I'll go down a little bit of a rabbit trail here. To me, it's fascinating. Like our listeners may not find it so much, but that's all right. <laughs> um, so you had the Julian calendar that we were working on until like the 16th century, right? And yeah. so when they made these adjustments to the Gregorian calendar, remember that calendar, the Julian calendar was 362 days. Mm-hmm. So they added three days to it. Hmm. So to, to make the Gregorian calendar. Hmm. And so essentially, then it put solstice on the 21st, 22nd, and Christmas on the 25th. So Mm. it was separated by three days. And the church had to go, they they had to wrestle with, and this is in like the history books, where they really wrestled with, do we move the date of Christmas Hmm. to realign with solstice? Or do we keep it where it's been for the last 1,200 years? And so they thought about it for a while, and spoiler alert, they decided to keep it on the 25th. Keep it, yeah. And here's what they said. This is fascinating. They said, no, it makes sense. It makes sense because there's two things that are happening. Number one, it's retelling the story again of there's three days of darkness hmm. followed by light. Really? And and so you have to you have to imagine that for the ancient people, as the days got shorter and shorter and shorter, darker mm-hmm. and darker and darker, mm-hmm. there was the question always was, are, are they going to start getting longer again? Hmm. Because our crops are dependent on the sun hmm. and the heat. And, and so oftentimes there was a lot of ritual built around solstice, which is what I think Saturnalia originally started out as. Yeah. Now, it got taken off course a little bit, but... It was, it was a worshiping of the sun god to try to get the sun god to start doing a better job again mm-hmm. so that the days would get longer. Mm-hmm. Well, well, actually, from the 21st slash 22nd, from solstice until the 25th, mm-hmm. 
your, the naked eye cannot perceive the days getting any longer. And so it's not until the 25th that the days start to noticeably get longer. And so you quite literally have the sun being, quote unquote, reborn. Like, so this idea of the days are starting to have life back in them again. And so yes. you have the worship of the S-U-N in Saturnalia, yes. but then now the worship of the S-O-N, the sun. And there's this, um, I once heard this one guy said that the Christian story is that it, the deepest darkness is where grace goes to shine the brightest. Huh. And so there's like, even yeah. in the Christmas story, having it on the 25th is this like declaration the light will shine even in the deepest darkness. Oh, I love that. So last year I uh, tweeted out or posted out something like, um, I'm all about keeping Christ in Christmas. Like I want to keep Christ in Christmas, but it might not hurt us to put solstice back in Christmas. Like, and I'm not like, I don't want to, I'm not in any way, shape or form saying let's worship the sun. No. Yeah. But like to recognize that, the world that the created order itself yeah. is declaring the glory of God and the way that the church, I think beautifully aligned the days tells the story. Yeah. It tells the story. That is so cool. That, okay. That, that is new. I haven't seen that. I, I knew that they were I celebrating the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew they're celebrating the sun. I, I never placed, I never placed that timeline. I thought yeah. that, I mean, yeah, here, here I am. I thought that, uh, yeah, it's all about the, changes like, all the, the time. Calendar. The, calendar <laughs> the, calendar. Messed, the Gregorian calendar and messed everything up as far as, is well, it actually fixed everything because yeah. eventually, you know, Christmas was in the summer. Yeah, exactly. Because it just December had moved because yep. of yep. anyway, it being off. But, yeah. yeah. And since there were so many, so many Christians, um, a, a part of that, even, you know, making that Gregorian calendar, they, they were able to, that, place that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, where, I, where I mean that's, that's, that's really pretty ingenious. That really it? is. That really is. I like that a lot. Can I we like talk that. about a Christmas tree really quick? Let's talk this about is Christmas a little, tree. Yeah, this because... is a little bit more conspiracy than that, I'll admit. <laughs> now we're moving quite a bit through history, yeah. right? Yes. Where are we then? Yeah. Christmas tree? I don't actually know where this would be put. This is yeah. when the uh, Christians were trying to evangelize in like the north, so north of the Alps, the Celts, like that yeah. area. yeah. Um, they had a, a much more, yeah, you want to look, you want to try to find it. They had a much more earthy sort mm -hmm. of, uh, recognition and religion, but what they would have said was that the, like a tree was a, a like a sacred, mm. um, a sacred form, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one of the reasons that trees were so important, especially large trees is because lightning would strike them. Mm -hmm. They would light on fire. And th that's where they would get fire. Yeah. So early on, early on, really, yeah. And what they would do around the winter solstice is they would go and they would like decorate trees mm -hmm. in order to try to attract, attract lightning, lightning. Wow. to come to the tree. So typically, they'd pick like the oldest oak in their village, mm -hmm. and they would decorate it uh, with like, like fruits, oftentimes mm -hmm. vegetables or things mm -hmm. like that. They'd hang it in the tree as a way to sort of beckon the quote-unquote sun gods or the yeah. rain gods or whatever to, mm -hmm. to come and to strike the tree mm -hmm. so that they would have fire. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So, so that could have been a very, very early tradition. Very early. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, but I think – so I, the Christians adopted that mm -hmm. when they were trying to evangelize to the Celts, yeah, right, going, yeah. well, okay, let's let's – talk about a tree because we have a tree in our story too mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um like we, so we have a tree in our story what where's a tree in our story so two trees that There's i was pointing out exactly. yeah, yeah okay the All first right. would be adam and eve mm -hmm. right the tree in the mm -hmm. garden and mm -hmm. then jesus crucified on a tree on a tree right? yeah exactly. exactly and so what's interesting and i never knew this i'm gonna look at my notes for just a mm -hmm. second um i never knew this that uh i, I read that the feast day of Adam and Eve is typically the twenty fourth of December, which is when mm. the which is when the early early like the church as they were evangelizing to the Celts would yeah. bring the tree in and they mm -hmm. would decorate it on mm. the twenty fourth, and it was mm. part of their way 
of celebrating the goodness of God's creation, like remembering the garden and all of that, that like the garden and the tree that stood in the center of the garden um, and their way of sort of retelling that story as they got ready to celebrate the rebirth of humanity through the giving of the Messiah. Anyway, what did you, yeah. That's, that is interesting. And, and, and actually I would have been helped by that tradition this year because we bought our tree and it's already dead. Uh Uh-oh. And so it's falling apart. I don't think it's going to make it till (laughs) December 24th. We're both talking about how we might have to take down our tree before Christmas if that's not a terrible thing to do. That's a bummer. It's time to get a fake one. But, um, you know, this is – okay. I heard about it from – so the way it was popularized in Christian culture, okay, is I think that there were traditions that were – from what I've heard, there were – there are various traditions. There, oh, with trees, in and I think I would say I, I would affirm that. Yeah, like all across the globe, different traditions. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, this and, is just one. And there's some, yeah, there's different different pieces come together in in unique ways. So, um, what what I learned is that that Martin Luther's influence, um, he actually loved the tree. Did he? He That's loved surprising. the tree. Exactly. Um, so this is this is what I've been told that the fact that we put lights on our trees, uh, yeah, is because he was walking home one night, and he saw stars through the trees, and all all that I read was that he liked it, he liked it and thought I want to duplicate that and he started putting candles on trees, which is a terrible idea. Yeah, I don't do that. Don't. Especially your especially your <laughs> dead, dead tree. Don't hang candles on that. No, it's a bad. He comes home. He's like, Catherine, you know what we need? <laughs> That's candles. Candles on the tree. That's how he spoke. Um, yes, exactly. Now, um, okay. So, so here's what here's what I heard. In in eighteen, so this is separate. Then in eighteen forty, Queen, Queen Victoria married the German prince Albert, and he brought a, that Christmas the tree tradition from Germany, and that made it to England. Um, Interesting. And so. You know, I mean, but there's all sorts of crazy things that I didn't even have time to put down on paper. But there's upside down trees and hanging trees from their ceiling in some cultures. That is a Christmas tradition. And it all has interesting meanings. Um, But it's it's uh, it's it's cultural. Right. I mean, this is the thing that that each culture kind of adopted something and and gave it meaning that I think that's key. Right. That, That for for them in their culture. And especially as believers, they were giving this some some really interesting meaning, actually, some and really profound meaning that for them. Now we kind of see it, and we think, why did they do that? Right. And, and it's easy for us to to then reject it uh-huh. because it doesn't fit into our lens, right, into our worldview. Yeah. And yet, um, when we study it like this. When we kind of do some take some time to research it, there's a ton you can learn about it. Well, and I think too the evangelistic zeal of a lot of the early followers of Jesus, where they wanted they wanted people to understand their story, yeah. right? So to look at the the followers of Jesus that are trying to evangelize to the Celts, and they go, "Well, you want to talk about a tree that's sacred? Let's talk about this tree that yes. was in the garden, yes. and let's hang fruit or vegetables or food on it as a symbol of life." Right? Yeah. It, and sustenance to remind ourselves that every day we have a choice between the tree that brings life and the mm-hmm. tree that brings death, mm-hmm. like to have relationship with God or to be cut off from the author of life. And yeah. so I love the way that they're pushing in and trying to tell the story mm-hmm. in new and fresh ways. Mm-hmm. It's it's what followers of Jesus have done from the very beginning. Yeah, And I think it's it's probably even harder when our culture is so inundated with the story yeah. that um, it, it's more of a challenge to say, actually, there's meaning behind these things that mm-hmm. go beyond just the forms. Because mm-hmm. you get the forms, but you may not understand the meaning that's behind it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Gene Tahada's chiming in here. I love it. Oh, Tannenbaum, oh, Christmas tree. That's right. See, that's a, that's a German yes. phrase, oh, Tannenbaum. Um, Maybe we can end our podcast with a a rendition rendition of that. (laughs) You don't want that. I did know it in German at one point. That's nice. I know. 
not anymore. I'm still shocked that Martin Luther is responsible for lights on the tree and that's, the Protestant Reformation. That's what the internet. I wonder which me. one he's more proud of. <laughs> Just kidding. I like uh, Gene also uh, writes uh, the sun shines on December 25th. It does. I like it. Does. I like that a lot. But um, in the states, we haven't always been quite as fond of Christmas no, as we are no. now. And in fact, not just the states, not just the states. I mean, this you know, this predates this predates America even. Yeah, that it does. That, that Christmas had a bad reputation. Well, Saturnalia. I think it was the the hangover, pun intended, from Sat Saturnalia. Yes. It, so the Puritans early on were like, we don't. We don't do Christmas. Okay, wait, wait. Did you hear that? The, the Puritans, right? These are, these are, you know, I mean, these are before our founding fathers of the church, yeah. right? This is, these are the, the people that, that brought the, the faith that we practice today here. We, we, have, we have a lot that we owe to them um, theologically. Oh, absolutely. And in tradition, all those things. And the Puritans were very anti-Christmas. Like, even if Christmas happened to fall on a weekend, I've read that they would go work in the field just so that people didn't think they were celebrating Christmas. Oh, my goodness. How hardcore is wow. that? So <laughs> They're like, we will break Sabbath to make sure you don't think we're celebrating Christmas. Wow. <laughs> they... They wanted nothing to do with this holiday because they were look, they were on the other extreme of the the reject side. Oh, uh, in 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 most things. I mean, I, I can see where they're coming from, though, right? Like yes. you flee a place for you're you're essentially a religious refugee, like yeah. like going to make a new life for yourself. So their devotion in so many ways is, and I, I joke about, you know, how far they went, but their devotion in so many ways is inspiring. I mean, it's like, oh, absolutely. gosh, yeah, absolutely. But it wasn't just them. You know, that in, in 1649, it, Oliver Cromwell, uh -huh. right? Okay. This is, um, they, they overthrew the English, English government, uh, for a wee bit. Um, not sure how long I can't remember, but they banned the celebration of Christmas. Okay, in the country, right? In all of England. Screwed. <laughs> yeah, but the, then the monarchy came back under Charles II, and he brought back the drunken celebration. Ah. Is what it was known as. See, the Puritans didn't like it because of the way it was celebrated. Of course, they love Jesus. And they, I'm sure, oh, in yeah, their own they way, did. they would have celebrated uh, the birth of Jesus in, in, a, in a certain way. But this is the difference between... The, the the celebration of, of Christmas, the celebration of Christ, and the celebration of this holiday. Now, I mean, but even that term Christmas, we've been using that term, and we haven't really got into that. Um, that that this this was the the feast of the Christ Mass. Christ Mass, right? Exactly. It, it was the the Mass that that happened. So the celebration of of the the Eucharist really would have been the uh, what a Mass is. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, uh, I guess back then it wasn't Catholic. It just was the church. It was the church. There was no <laughs> yeah. Catholic Protestant divide. Yeah. yeah. We call it Catholic, but you know, in some ways we were Catholic. Okay. That's, that's an interesting one. I mean, everybody was, everyone was, was Christian, Catholic, right? So. I know, exactly, exactly. Yeah. There was just, so the, the Christ mass, and maybe that was a part of it too, that these, these Puritans, uh, and especially under Oliver that's Cromwell, a good point. there was some, there was some political clashes between, the, the Roman Catholic Church and the in the English um, Church, right? The um, Church of England, and so they didn't want anything to do with anything that that even smelled like Catholicism, right? And so uh, that's a part of it, but it also had to do with this night of debauchery. Yep, and it wasn't until at least what I read, Josh, eighteen seventy, mm -hmm. that Christmas became a federal holiday. Yeah, in in the United in States. The United States. Um, in 1820 let's see no um yes oh sorry 1789 okay the first u.s congress okay okay yep. and then for 67 years after that um that okay first uh congress met on christmas day did they really congress the united states congress met on christmas day wow they, it was not a holiday. They worked through Christmas. That's impressive. And so 
did they keep Christ in Christmas? That's what I want to know. It doesn't seem like they did. Because those Puritans that came here, they, they banned Christmas here. They didn't want anything to do with Christmas. Well, and it was a state holiday in some states, uh, and some states it wasn't. Exactly. I mean, can you imagine? Exactly. Like, uh, in California, would it be a state holiday? Oh, I'm guessing no. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. So some states celebrated it yeah. officially. Some states didn't. I mean, just really interesting the way – but it wasn't until 1870 that that was uh, united in yeah. uh, and as yeah. a federal holiday. And so <laughs> – um, in in eighteen twenty eight, okay, this is this is not as long ago, okay, right? But eighteen twenty eight, New York City commissioned a special police force to deal with unlawful citizens on Christmas Day. Huh. That that those it was still a rowdy holiday. Yeah, that's even as late as eighteen twenty eight. Huh. It was a crazy party time. And okay, the the songs, <laughs> we wish you a merry Christmas. Yes, right. There's this. There's this weird, there's this weird line in it, right? And and I'm I don't have it written down, um, but you know we wish you a merry Christmas. We wish you a merry Christmas. But then it says, now bring us some figgy pudding. Figgy pudding, meat pudding, meat pudding, and bring it right now. And and we sing that song sometimes. And I'm thinking, what is this about? Yeah, I sang it on uh, Sunday. Uh, our uh, open air yes, Christmas yes. celebration. That's right. That's, did you sing the figgy pudding part? Oh, I did. Did they I sing did. that? They did. I did. Yes. Okay. So, so here's the way that Christmas would work. So I'm told is that gangs of rowdy, drunk people celebrating Christmas on Christmas night, they would go around, and and this is especially the 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 poor people. Okay, in England in particular, and I think this made its way into the United States, but they would gather together in mobs, and they would go to the rich part of town, and they would demand that they give them gifts. Really? That's how they'd get their gifts. Wow. They, and they wouldn't leave That's until true. they get some. It sounds a little bit more like Halloween than it's, it does Christmas. It sounds exactly. <laughs> it is this unique mixture of Halloween and a drunken Christmas. That is interesting. And so is that the reason that same similar time period when Charles Dickens writes the Christmas Carol, yes, and to try to sort of like keep that self, keep Christmas alive, essentially, yes. like he was writing to a people that were wanting to do away with Christmas, yep. for that very reason, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and yes, and so and then see, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why That's we still tough. celebrate Christmas, and 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 I hate to say they they have very little to do with Christ. The, the reason that it's a big holiday, it, it it doesn't have as much to do with Jesus as we would like. Now, I think that that in you know recent years, I don't know how long, but at least in in my time and our time, um, we the churches has, has have, we celebrated Christmas really well. Yeah. But uh, that wasn't a priority for all of history, especially not in the Protestant Church. Uh, and so um, the reason that Christmas is as popular it is is has a lot more to do with what drives a lot of our world, money. Yep. yep. It's a green holiday. It is. It, interestingly, I say that it's a green holiday. Do you know that, that Santa Claus was green? I do. He was I green. Do. He was green until – I can tell you that. And I believe that that's also a gift from the Celts. I could be wrong on that. Is that right? He was termed the green man. According to them, yes, it, he was an so, elf. it, elfish, elfish. Yes, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, uh, there's it, a lot of interesting tradition oh, yeah. that goes along with. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. The Green Man. Um, and I'm not finding a date. Someone online is probably going to have to um, find an actual date on this. But do you know why Santa Claus is probably red? Not. Um, I, I do. I think it's um, – is it Coca-Cola? It is Coca-Cola. Santa Claus is red, ladies and gentlemen, because Coca-Cola decided that they wanted Santa Claus to look like their Coke can. That's some power branding right it there. power branding. It really wow. is. Wow. I mean there's, a, there's an, an, an evolution of a sense of, of, uh, of Santa Claus that he, he went from this little actually – Elfish type character, and in and, and in some of the imagery, he is yep. small, thin, 
there's I have some pictures that he's like this buff guy. <laughs> like it's so funny. And and he's morphed into this round, jolly, jolly, bearded, red man. That that is and with th- thank superpowers. you, Coca-Cola. Thank you, Coca-Cola. But but that's the thing. I think we have more we have Coca-Cola to thank yeah. for celebrating Christmas. Uh, we have, you know, all the all the people that want you to buy gifts to thank for the reason that we celebrate Christmas. Now, once again, though. So I think we're still we're in a very similar spot yes. to where the church found itself in, you know, 336 in a sense, right? To say there's so oh, we've almost reverted back to a holiday that has very little to do with Jesus. Yeah. Um uh, it carries his name, but maybe little else that he stood for. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't materialistic, that's for sure. Um, and so I think, Josh, for us, the question is, how do we infuse the this winter holiday with Christ, yeah. right? How do we, how do we as, pe- as, as people of God, um, have a subversive pushback to mm-hmm. the way of the empires that want to push it in this direction mm-hmm. of materialism and power and money and all, all that goes along with that and how do we once again redeem yeah. it from maybe not saturnalia anymore as maybe mammon mm-hmm. i mean i think like we're just we're just redeeming yeah. it from a different god now yeah and i think that's the call and the mm-hmm. quest for christians in 2020 mm-hmm. absolutely oh yeah and and uh, yeah that's that's something as we've been talking, I've been thinking a lot about that, that what is it that we need to redeem? And I was actually thinking of, of what are other things, but you're right, that there's almost a re-redeeming. Yeah, I think a, so. A sense of Christmas. I think so. And I, I one, I think the the story of how we got here, or at least I, I don't think either of us would say that what we've done tonight is exhaustive. No. Um, and like there's pockets everywhere of different ways that the story has been told and oh yeah yeah so there's things we skipped over things we left out but i think to see the thread that's been being told for the last two thousand years mm-hmm. at least for me helps me go okay this is how we might enter into this mm-hmm. today in a new and fresh way yeah but i but i like that because what what we need to do is to be honest about what's going on here because you know the the whole um, the whole war over Christmas that we kind of we tend to hear about every year and and that you know we've got this kind of we've set up this dichotomy which is always set up on our news channels right they they they, they they're doing the same thing because their God is also I hate to say Mammon right it's money yeah. that that's the whole you know that's what's driving them but and they somehow they feed off of the polarization and so there's this idea that that some people out there don't want to celebrate Christmas and that, that we, the good people do, um, and that we want to, you know, bring back Christmas the way that it was always celebrated. Well, (laughs) maybe not always. Let's not do that. (laughs) It's a very, it's a very bad idea. Let's not, uh, let's not really bring back the way we've always celebrated it instead. But instead, I think that we can we can be real honest about it, and, and maybe we start there, saying this is this is what it's been. Yeah, it's, it's never. I mean, it's in the in the grand history, it has not been a terribly religious holiday. No, no, and it wasn't one that was important to the early church. Yeah. So uh, that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be important to us now, and it doesn't mean that there aren't really really good things about it and yes. things that. I don't know. I love Advent. I love Christmas. I love singing Christmas carols. I love remembering the birth of Christ. I think like part of part of what I as we celebrate Christmas, this thing that just resonates with me is how good it is to be human. Mm. Like yes. it's just it's so good to be human that God himself clothed himself in humanity oh, to redeem yes. us. Absolutely. Right? He became one of us. At, at Christmas, I remember, you know, Advent we talked about this last week is the reminder that God has come as Jesus, um, but he's also coming back, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, too, we're, we should be reminded that um, Jesus is still human, hmm. right? I mean, like, exactly. It's not that was not a temporary sort of for a time mm-hmm. thing, that God um, in the form of Jesus is still mm-hmm. human and mm-hmm. always will be. Mm-hmm. And so 
there's something beautiful about being human. Oh, yeah. And um, that Matt, Psalm 8 would echo yeah. that, John 1. But the Christmas story reminds us of the beauty it is uh, to be alive. Yeah. Oh, and and what a what a beautiful thing. Because, you know, we sing songs about this. We have a plaque on our wall, and I noticed today that says it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? Yeah. And that's, I don't know who sang that song, but I don't think it's any religious song. But no, I know it's not, that. right? Anyway, there is something there is something special about it. Yeah. Though, that everybody celebrating, not everybody, but um, a lot of people celebrating holidays together, um, going out and looking at lights. Yes. And so this is where I, I you know, I'm with Martin Luther. I, I just like the lights. I like to look at the lights. And even what we did last last weekend, um, the church, uh, if you were around, we, man, we, we just decorated. And it was, there were some that was silly and some that was, that was meaningful, um, but yeah. really just for kids. I, I think that's is the thing that is so powerful about Jesus that, that I think he would take the time for the kids hmm. to just oh, totally. let them have fun. Yes, let I love them, it. Yep. Bring some joy to life. I think that's a good thing. That is a really good thing. And so this Christmas, let's, uh, let's remember that uh, we, we too, we too are human, and we too need this, and especially this year. Especially this year. We, I agree, Josh. We need, yeah. need it. We need some joy, and we need some uh, some comfort. Comfort, right? You're going to talk about that Sunday. I know, I know. And our longing for comfort, it turns into hope. Hope for what we're missing. And so uh, it's going to be real good. Well, everybody, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. This is uh, this has been a fun, a fun study, fun time to to look at at, at Christmas and and in some ways still to 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 talk about the the study of life because here we are ending on on something that's so crucial uh, that that Jesus so much like us. That's mm -hmm. really what we're celebrating mm -hmm. um, that He became like us, right? To then redeem us. <laughs> And yet here we are taking a part, taking part in what he's doing in the world and then redeeming the world. Right. It was it Athanasius that said he became like us that we might become like him. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Partakers of the divine nature. Uh, so uh, that's the challenge. Go partake of the divine nature this weekend. God bless you. We will... Uh, We'll be back one of these days. We will. And, yeah. Uh, if if not this year, then uh, have a merry, happy new year. I think you say happy to new year and we merry do. to Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's how you do it, right? Yes. Okay. Not Saturnalia. Not. <laughs> see you. Hey, see you later. God <laughs> yeah, bless God you, everybody. God bless. We'll see you. Take care.